My mind rebels at stagnation. Give me problems. Give me work. Give me the most abstruse cryptogram or the most intricate analysis, and I am in my own proper atmosphere. But I abhor the dull routine of existence. I crave for mental exaltation. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Hosted by Dan Mickle and brought to you by Soul Performance Academy. This is the podcast that answers your questions on mental performance training and takes a deeper dive into the world of performance psychology. You can reach us at podcast at properatmosphere.com or across all social media at 717soul. We look forward to hearing from you and now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Proper Atmosphere podcast powered by Soul Performance Academy and I am your host Dan Mickle. The Proper Atmosphere is a weekly podcast focused on answering your questions about mental performance, coaching, and lifelong learning. The Proper Atmosphere is proud to be sponsored by ICN Athletics. It's called Normal Athletics makes the extraordinary ordinary through adaptive beach volleyball. Everyone should have the opportunity to enjoy and excel at this sport and ICN offers the programs and education to make it normal for adaptive athletes to play on any court. Help them make Beach Volleyball Court a place for everybody. For more information or to make a donation to the 501c3, please visit icnathletics.com. And again, it's called Normal Athletics is the name of that great organization. Again, thanks to Dave and John and everyone over there for sponsoring the show. And more importantly, thank you for all the amazing new work that you're doing with adaptive athletes and the beach volleyball community. All right, this week is episode 18, and it's called I Need to Do More Mentally. Joni, a swimmer from Oklahoma, wrote into us saying, I train and work hard every single day, but I feel like I need to do more mentally, but I don't even know where to start. Well, Joni, grab a pen and paper because I think we're going to have some good ideas for you. And we'll help and see if we can get you from good to great, as we like to say here on the podcast, and give you some ideas on how we can incorporate some mental training into your everyday routine. First things first, Jenny, we need to find out kind of where you're at. And we are going to take the assumption that you have no real mental training uh, regiment added into your regular training and that you're kind of going into this completely new and neutral to it. The first thing I always suggest is reach out to your coaches, whether it's, you know, your school coach, your club coach, you know, depending on your situation, whoever's coaching you to see if they have any recommendations or people that they know that train in this area. A lot of time club coaches do have someone they know that does mental performance training sports psychology or even a college student that is studying it that might be a great resource for you plus it's also good to kind of let your coaches know what you're doing outside Um, and that goes for anything for me whether it's you know nutrition or sports performance um, in the sense of 
uh, weight training, speed and agility, those types of training. I think it's always good to loop in your athletic coaches to let them know what else you're doing because it can affect how you train and how you work when you're with them. And I think it's a good idea to let them know what's going on so they're not kind of blindsided by it. That being said, if you don't have anyone that's recommended and you're kind of going into this, you know, blind, there are a lot of great resources out there. Um, YouTube videos, TikTok, you know, has actually been pretty good in the sports psychology world. But really for me, one of the biggest things, and, and I know it's going to sound like a broken record for those of you that listen over and over to my podcast or read my blogs or, or check out my videos, is journaling is probably the biggest skill that I like to have athletes do because it's a way of keeping track of what you're doing, how to make a roadmap, how to see your progress to kind of keep you motivated when you maybe take a step backwards or two and you feel like you're going in the wrong direction. A journal is a great way to kind of keep you on track. And it, it doesn't have to be a super fancy journal. While there are plenty out there, um, again, I'm going to give a shameless plug. Best Self Company has a great 13-week journal that I think is perfect for athletes. It's a guided journal to help you with your goal setting. And the 13 weeks is is pretty much the length of a you know a typical season season whether it's high school or college. And you can always start another one once it runs out. And they come in around the $35 price range. Um, you can check my website or the notes for this show for the link. But I believe off the top of my head, it's Best Self. Dot co um, is is the address or you can just get a blank journal and kind of start from there but before you just start writing I think one of the things that you need to do is figure out what is really important to you what do you think is holding you back or what do you kind of need to push on is it your um, nutrition is that an issue or is it your motivation or is it your goals because you could end up writing five pages a day and it can become a task. But I think what you really need to do is focus on some of the key areas that you really need to work on. Maybe set up your goals for each day. That's probably my biggest um, starting point for most athletes that have never done it is, okay, what do you want to grow in this season? What are, what are your three big goals? So for you, maybe it's you want to shave some time off of your 100 meter butterfly, let's say. So I would make that my goal, and then every day I'd be journaling how I'm going to get towards that goal. How am I going to work to make sure I'm headed towards that? Because it may not feel like it all the time. Maybe you're doing stuff in the pool. Maybe you're doing technique stuff. Maybe you're doing strength training outside of the pool, and that all builds and helps you go towards that main goal of getting faster in the butterfly, but because it's not actually every single day doing the same thing, it may not feel like all the pieces are fitting together. And I think a journal is a great way to make sure that that's what's happening, that your weight training and your in-pool training and your technique and your mental stuff are all helping you get towards that goal of getting better. And a journal is a great way to do that. Another reason I think journaling is important is because it helps you capture what you're feeling in the moment. If you have a rough practice, if something's going wrong, um, and Forgive me for my ignorance in swimming. You know, I, I know that pool temperature does affect sometimes the speeds. Um, so, for example, maybe the pool is a little bit colder than normal. And if you try and reflect a few weeks later, I wonder why that training session was bad. Well, I just didn't train well. 
the pool was a little bit colder than normal. Those are the basic facts. But if you journal that day or write when it happens, you catch the emotions in it. And not only are you getting the fact that the pool was colder, you're going to get the emotions of how that made you feel. I didn't feel like training because it was cold and I was really cranky because it was cold and I wasn't expecting it to be cold, you know. And the thing is how we train and a lot of the decisions that we make in the competitive world are based on emotions. But the problem is when we go back and reflect at a later date or a later time, those emotions may not be present or they're really dull. So it may seem like those emotions didn't have any effect on our decisions or what we we're doing, but in the moment they had a huge effect on what we were doing. So I think journaling and specifically journaling very close to the action is really, really important because that brings in the emotion. And that is, you know, one of the ways that we can look at, okay, it's not just that I'm frustrated with the pool, but my emotional regulation isn't right. I'm, I'm getting really anxious or I'm getting really angry at the little things. So we know that those little things affect us, but now we know they also affect us because they're affecting like our cognitive ability and how we think and how we react. So not only do we want to work on, okay, well, how do I actually compete in a colder pool? We want to work on like, okay, how do I calm my mind when I know it's a colder pool? And I think that's the aspect that we often forget about when we have diversity and we have, um, you know, changes in our environment. We think about the physical changes and how it's going to affect us. You know, it's hotter today, so I'm going to run slower or I'm going to dehydrate more, which is all, you know, science and based on that. But we forget about the cognitive side, about how our emotions are going to be affected by that. I'm miserable because it's so hot. Or I was up too late and I'm anxious. You know, th those types of things are all things that we can journal about. They may seem very insignificant at the time, you know, the grand scheme, but we are going to make decisions based on that. And that's something that we kind of need to look at is how that plays into it. So journaling is probably where I would start. And because that's going to what's going to help you track. That's what's going to keep you, you know, going and all of that. Next, I would look at. How are you dealing with relaxation? What techniques are you using? Are you doing some sort of square breathing, triangle breathing, belly breathing? What do you do to calm you? What do you do to calm you before a race? What do you do to calm you during? And what do you do to calm after? Because they, they're probably all very different. And a lot of that starts with, you know, breathing and controlling the breathing. And again, we understand, especially in swimming, obviously, that breathing is a very large part of your technical function as a swimmer. But I want to look at it as an emotional function as a swimmer. A lot of swimmers put on the headphones and kind of get in that zone. You know, we all see the videos of Michael Phelps just kind of sitting there on the bench, headphones on, kind of zoned out. But the part that we don't really see is probably like the breathing cycles that he's going through and what he's working on internally and how he calms his body and gets ready to unleash all that energy for two minutes, three minutes, you know, however long his race is. And that's kind of what we need to look at with you, Joni, is what are you doing before the race to help calm you from a breathing and a relaxation standpoint? 
And I think that's another great place to start. And another reason I like breathing as the next skill that we go into is if we think of it like a painting and your race is the artwork, you know, and how you swim is, are the brush strokes. Breathing and calming our mind before any competition is really like starting with a blank canvas. So no matter the situation where you're at, whether there's a crowd, no crowd, if it's a national or international competition or just a local club competition, working on the breathing and controlling your body helps you have the same starting point at every race, regardless of where it's at. And I like to use this with all my athletes, whether it's volleyball, basketball, lacrosse, take the time, breathe and reset your body so that no matter what, you're at the same starting spot. If you're taking a foul shot in basketball and the game is on the line, you want to start your process just like the game was zero to zero. So you need to calm the mind, calm the body, just take some deep breaths, do a couple cycles of breaths. And again, these are some things that you can Google and get a lot of great free resources on. Belly breathing, um, some call it uh, four, three, eight breathing, square breathing, triangle breathing. Um, Dr. Wheel, you can uh, Google him and, and find some great resources on how breath work really helps you. Um, I believe the military does some great work, especially the Marines, with some of their breathing techniques. And again, I think for me, that's a huge skill because it resets the whole body and it just gives us the same starting spot every single time. So before every practice or every big moment, you know, maybe before practice and after practice, you do a longer cycle, five cycles of, of, of these breaths. But then maybe before a big moment or once you're in the water, before you, you know, push off the wall or when you're in the blocks before you start, you do a quick single cycle just to tell the body, okay, we're ready to go. Let's reset and, and let's focus on that. I think is probably the second skill that I would use. And then the last skill I would suggest, and this one's going to take a little bit while for you to understand. And, and certainly you're going to need some resources again, Googling it, checking the internet, but uh, imagery and visualization is a great way. Run all your races before they happen. You know, the night before hours before, and don't just do it from the point of being in the water. Do it from, okay, I'm sitting, I'm getting up, I'm getting ready, I'm getting up on the blocks. And, and start from where you believe the competition starts. And for me, I believe that's, you know, well before we actually take the field, the court, the pool, or whatever, we begin our process. So that's where you need to start your visual, visualization or your imagery, you know, whichever way you like to call it. You'll, you'll hear it called both ways. But go through that whole process and the key to visualization and imagery is we want to make sure that we bring all the senses in. So don't just sit there and think about your strokes and how you're going through the water. Really think about how the water feels. What's the temperature? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? How does it feel against your body? Um, you know, the smell of the chlorine, all of that. Because the more that you can bring the other senses into your visualization, the more the brain thinks that you're really doing it. And it's going to help with the central nervous system and how it reacts. So it actually builds up and, and I won't geek out too much on it, but it builds up the myelin sheathing and it helps your reaction times. It helps your muscle movement. <clears throat> so again, the key is really finding all those senses and how you bring it in. 
And I would suggest running through that multiple times. And again, it's going to take some practice. The first time you ever do visualization, it's probably going to be very broad. You're going to think about, okay, I'm going to get in the pool and this is my technique and I'm going fast. And then the second time you go through, you start to add details. Okay, I'm getting in the pool and the temperature is exactly where I need it at 63 degrees or, you know, whatever the pool temperature is for swimming. And I can smell the chlorine and I feel the air because it's an outside pool, you know, blowing. And I can sl slightly hear the crowd talking and the announcers going off and and then just run the whole race. I can feel my breath picking up as I start to sink my breathing with when I'm above the water. And I feel my legs starting to tighten as I begin to do the kick turn and go through that whole race multiple times. And again, the key is every single time that you go through that mentally, add elements to it so it's more realistic. You literally want to get to the point where whether you're doing it first person like it's through your eyes or third person like you're watching it on television, you want it to be vivid like you are literally watching the situation happen. And again, you want the sound, the smell, the taste, anything that you can bring into it because the brain's going to think that that is realistic and you're actually going through and doing it. So Jenny, I hope that helps you out. This is a really broad topic, but I think there's a lot of great first steps that people can take. And I'm glad you uh, sent us the email about this because I think a lot of people want to start mental performance training, they just don't know where to take that first step. And they feel like it has to be this big, long program, like a strength and conditioning program. And it doesn't have to be, it can be something very small, like the journaling, like the breathing, and like the visualization that you can learn on your own and begin to incorporate those processes. If you have any questions, feel free, obviously, to reach out to us. And everyone can reach out to us. If you have any questions or you'd like us to cover a topic on another episode, podcast at properatmosphere.com is how you reach us. You can reach me across all social medias at Real Dan Mickle. And you can also reach our sponsors, Soul Performance Economy at 717Soul on all social medias. And please make sure you share, like, comment, rate this podcast, get the word out. I would love to get this discussion growing and, and get more people involved, but more importantly, send those questions in, whether it's email or you reach out through us on social media. Um, it's your questions that keep this podcast going and we love them. And Joni, good luck and reach back with us in a few weeks and let us know what you've incorporated, what struggles you have. Um, we would love to continue this conversation with you and, and see how it's working and, and see what next steps that we can possibly give to you. So again, on behalf of Soul Performance Academy, and it's called Normal Athletics, I am Dan Mickle, the host of The Proper Atmosphere, and we will chat with you next week with our next episode. Peace, much love, and don't suck. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Proper Atmosphere, hosted by Dan Mickle and presented by Soul Performance Academy. Please send all your questions, comments, or inquiries to podcast at properatmosphere.com or reach out to us across all social media at 717soul. We look forward to answering your questions in future episodes. And remember, you can listen to The Proper Atmosphere on any popular podcast service such as Google Play, iTunes, Pandora, and Spotify. Thank you and have a great day.